Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for February 6th, 2023. On New Year's Eve, heading into 2023, the Lord told me to start off the year by teaching the miracles of Jesus. That's what we're doing. It's going to take me a while to get through all the miracles because there's so much power and revelation in the miracles of Jesus. So as we're going through this, we're already at part 22 of the series. So this is the miracles of Jesus, part 22. Today, I'm going to deal with uh, an occasion where Jesus healed two blind men. And the title of today's message is Persistence Pays Off. Put that in the chat. Say persistence pays off. Say this out loud. Say, I am persistent. I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. I'm going to operate in persistence and patience and perseverance. Persistence pays off. Get ready to receive. All right, so let's get ready for the word this morning. Persistence pays off for you to receive from God. You have to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So before we get into the scripture for this morning, let's look at uh, Psalms 126 and verse four. This is something that the Lord spoke over our church and I've been meditating on all year and I'm gonna share with you as, as many times as the Lord leads me to share it with you. The Bible says, now Lord, I want you to get this down in your spirit. Now Lord, do it again. Say, do it again. Restore us to our former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us, God, until every dry heart is drenched again. Yesterday I preached a message at VCMI Virginia. Um, if you follow me on social media, then you you got the link. Or if not, just go to youtube.com forward slash Rick Pina and check out the message. But it was a powerful message. And really, God was just drenching dry hearts. I declare that every dry area, put this in the chat, no dry areas for me. Any area of your life that got dry in 2022 or really going all the way back to the pandemic, you lost something along the way. This is a season for us to get it back. This is a season for us for God to restore us to the former glory. And so streams of refreshing will flow over us until every dry area is drenched again. Say no dry areas for me. You got it? All right. So we've been looking at these miracles. Let me read for you uh, Matthew chapter nine, verses 27 to 31. I'm going to read it to you from the New International Version, and then I'm going to read it to you uh, from the Passion Translation. So just listen to this passage. This, this happened right when Jesus left Jairus' house. Remember, J Jesus raised Jairus' daughter from the dead? All right. So right after that, when he left that house, the Bible says, as he went from there, meaning I'm leaving Jairus' house, as he went from there, <clears throat> two blind men followed Jesus, calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. And when Jesus had gone indoors, say indoors, the blind men came to him. Where did they follow him? Indoors. And they asked him, and they said, uh, uh, they asked him again. And so he asked them, he said, well, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they said, yes, Lord, I believe. And then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, be it done unto you. I've already dealt with that in this series, that God deals with you according to your faith. God is going to deal with me according to my faith. Put that in the chat. Say, God deals with me according to my faith. And so verse 30 says, their sight was restored. And then Jesus warned them sternly, says, okay, don't tell anybody about this. I'm not trying to get fame yet. 
but they went out and they told everybody everywhere and, and, and news about Jesus spread in that region. Let me read it to you from the Passion Translation. As Jesus left the house, meaning Jairus' house, two blind men followed him and began saying unto him, shouting over and over, son of David, have mercy on us and heal us. And they followed him right into the house where Jesus was staying. So Jesus asked them, do you believe that I have the power to restore sight to your eyes? And they replied, yes, Lord, we believe. Then Jesus laid hands on them and said, okay, well, then you would have what your faith expects. Listen, put this in the chat. Say, I will have what my faith expects. He says, what your faith expects, that's what you're going to have. What you are releasing faith for, that's in accordance with the will of the Father, that's what you're going to have. And instantly their eyes were opened and they could see. And then Jesus warned them. He said, listen, make sure that you tell nobody about what just happened but they were not able to contain themselves and they went out and they spread the news everywhere. All right, so what does this mean for you today? Now, this is one of those situations where this is not like the woman with the issue of blood. This is not like Jairus. This seems like a straightforward situation. Jesus leaving the house, two blind men cry out. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us, heal us. Jesus goes into a house, they follow him. And then he said, do you believe I can do this? Yep. You lay hands on them, boom, they're here. So this seems like one of those situations where there's not a lot there. But the thing about the word of God is that there's levels and levels and levels of revelation to God's word. And so as I was reading this, and then me, me as a Bible teacher, as a Bible preacher, there's always something to preach. You know what I'm saying? So I'm looking at this thing. And, and so this is what happened to me this morning. That's why I went live like 7.02 versus 7 a.m. was... At first, I'm like, well, there's not much here. Okay, Holy Ghost, what do you want to say? And now I have too much stuff to where I was like, I don't even know. I can't say all of this in one day. And I don't know. I don't know if I'll deal with this again tomorrow, whatever the Holy Ghost says. If he wants me to deal with it again tomorrow, there's more there. But I'm going to give you what he gave for me, gave me this morning for you. And man, this is good. Y'all ready? All right, let's go. Uh, a few things, I think four things. Number one, here we go. The two blind men acknowledged Jesus' uh, Jesus's deity. The two blind men, they acknowledged Jesus's deity. Uh, say this, say, I acknowledge Jesus's deity. As a, as a man of God, as a woman of God, as a son of God, as a child of God, we have to acknowledge who God is. We have to acknowledge that God is God. I acknowledge no other deity. I call upon no other name. I declare that no one else is Lord. I declare that there's no other name given on earth under heaven whereby men must be saved. Save the name of Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, yes, I acknowledge Jesus' deed. Jesus wasn't just a good man. No, 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 no. Jesus was the son of God who came as the son of man so that the sons of men could become the sons of God. Come on now. I acknowledge Jesus's deity. Where do I get that from? Verse 27, as they left the house, the two blind men began following him, shouting out over and over and over again, Jesus, son of David, show mercy on us and heal us. Jesus, son of David. They call Jesus the son of David. Let me pause here. I've taught this before. Uh, I'm probably going to deal with this again when I get to blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. Let me just say something about what they said. See, a lot of people who don't you know, spend time in the word of God, read something like that, and they don't see anything in it. But when, when they said Jesus, son of David, there's power in that thing. Why? Because son of David was a connection to Jesus's deity. There were basically two titles that people gave Jesus. One group called Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. Another group called Jesus, Jesus, the son of David. Now, the people that called Jesus Jesus of Nazareth 
What they were doing is they were connecting Jesus to his history and not his destiny. Now, they were saying, Jesus, that's Jesus from Nazareth. And no good thing had come out of Nazareth. Nazareth was a ghetto. So while there's churches today like the Church of the Nazarene, no, no, no. Back then, there would be no Church of the Nazarene because back then, Nazareth had a bad connotation. And so when people call Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, they were basically saying he's... He comes from the filthy and the nasty. He comes from the ghetto. He can't be the son of God. Those that called him Jesus, the son of David, they were saying that, like Matthew talks about these 40 and two generations, this person begot that person, this person begot that person. Matthew opens up the gospel according to St. Matthew, making a connection between David and Jesus because it was prophesied that the Messiah would come from the lineage and the bloodline of David. So when they were saying Jesus thou son of David, they were saying, you are the Messiah. We acknowledge that you are Lord. We acknowledge that you are the son of God. Come on. You have to acknowledge who Jesus is. You have to honor who Jesus is in order to receive from who Jesus is. In the kingdom of God, the currency is faith. Say faith. That's how we make an exchange is with faith. But while the currency is faith. The culture is honor. And you will never receive from God if you don't honor him. These two men, they were honoring Jesus before they received from Jesus. No, And let me just pause here and say this. No one who ever called Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, ever got healed. No one who ever called Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, ever got anything from Jesus. Why? Because there was no honor. And where there is no where there is no honor in the kingdom of God, there would be no blessing. If you want to walk in the blessing, you got to be a man and a woman of honor. You have to acknowledge Jesus's deity. He was not just a good man. He was not just a man that went around doing good things. He was the son of God. Say amen to that. You got to acknowledge Jesus is Lord. If you want to receive from God, you have to honor him. Say amen to that. You got it? All right. Oh, man, there's some more in this text, y'all. All right. Number two, to receive from God, you cannot be quick to give up. Say this. Say, say I'm not quick to give up. To receive from God, you cannot be somebody that's going to give up quickly because to receive from God, you got to understand that God is only going to do his things in his timing. There, There is a timing component to the promises of God. So if you want to receive from God, you're going to have to stick around long enough to line up with his timing. So so in verse 28, the Bible says, and they followed him right into the house where he was staying. Now notice, this is what I'm going to bring out here. Notice that Jesus did not respond to the two blind men initially. They were blind. They were calling out to Jesus for help, but Jesus had been through a long day. Remember the context of the day. This goes all the way back to Mark chapter four. Let me give you a recap real quick of where Jesus is in the context and the story of his life. That day, he taught multiple parables. And after teaching many parables, it was evening time. And in the evening time, he was tired. He got into a boat. He told the disciples, come come with me into this boat. He leaves the crowd behind. He goes into the hinder part of the ship. He fell asleep on a pillow. A storm came. The, he, the, the disciples woke him up. Jesus got up, rebuked the storm, spoke to the sea, peace be still, got to the land of Gad of the Gadarenes. 
cast out a legion of demons, 2,000 demons out of a man in the, within the tombs of the cemetery, released that man, told him go. And the man went out and told about Jesus in 10 cities. Jesus got back into the boat, went back to the other side. Jairus is, is there with the crowd. The crowd is there. Jairus just breaks out of the crowd. You know the story. Lord, my, do my daughter's lying at the point of death, but if you would come lay hands on her, she shall recover and she shall live. Jesus said, let's go. They're going to the house. The woman with the issue of blood came. She got her breakthrough. They get to the house. Jesus kicks everybody else, said, out of the house, says, little girl, arise. She gets up after he lays hands on her. She, he raises her from the dead. After all of that, the Bible says he left and he's going to the house where he's staying. What does Jesus want right now? Man, I want to eat and go to sleep. That's what I want. So what, after all of that, Jesus leaves Jairus' house. Where is he going? To the house where he's staying. And as he's going, two blind men cry out. And as he's going, they cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us and heal us. And the Bible says Jesus went into the house. The, the Bible doesn't say that Jesus responded. The Bible doesn't say that Jesus said anything to them. Jesus just like, man, he just went into the house. Listen, I know I've been there. Listen, you love God. You want to do ministry and all of that. Come on, man. You get tired. Everybody gets tired. Jesus just went into the house. He ignored them initially. He just went into the house. So what did they do? They followed that joker right into the house. They were blind, but they followed him into the house. Come on, man. I know I'm in the book. I'm in the text. They followed him into the house. This reminds me of what Jesus said in Luke chapter 18. Remember when Jesus said, men ought always to pray and never give up. Men ought always to pray and not faint. What was he talking about? He gave a parable of this woman who had been done wrong and the woman who had been done wrong. She went to the judge and she goes to the judge and says, Mr. Judge, Mr. Judge, I need you to right my wrong. And the judge ignores her. And so she follows him around. He's at the grocery store and she's like, Mr. Judge, Mr. Judge, I need you to right my wrong. He ignores her and writes that he's trying to go to the movie theater. Hey, Mr. Judge, Mr. Judge, I need you to right my wrong. And he ignores her and she kept following the man around till finally the judge says, stop. Okay, fine, lady. Let me give you what you want. And this is the parable that Jesus gives. He says, men are always to pray and never give up. You can't give up. When you're believing God for something, you cannot give up. They said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on us and heal us. Jesus went in the house. They went in the house. Listen, I'm telling you, you are going to have to stick around long enough to receive what God said. When you're praying for something, when you're believing God for something, you have to be persistent. When you're praying for something, when you're believing God for something, you cannot be quick to give up. When you're praying for something, when you're believing God for something, listen, these two blind men saw their opportunity opportunity. Now, they didn't see it with these eyes, obviously, because they were blind, but they saw, no, this is my opportunity. This is my season. And this is my time. They were not going to give up. Put this in the chat. Say, I will never give up. Say, put this in the chat. Say, I will never give up. I will never cave in. I will never quit. I'm going to pray in faith without a doubt, without wavering. And I'm going to keep believing God. Lord, I thank you that blah, 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 this is going to happen. Okay. What do you do tomorrow? Lord, I thank you that I believe I receive. I already have it. What do you do the next day? Lord, I thank you that it's already done. I'm not going to give up. Oh, then so what happens when the situation gets worse before it gets better? Lord, I thank you. That is all. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm only moved. Man, I'm never going to give up. I'm never going to cave in. I'm never going to quit. When you know that you're praying for something and you're believing God for something and it's his will and you know that his will is going to operate in his timing. Listen, there's a timing component to the promises of God. So God knows what his plans are. God knows that his timing is perfect and God will not allow you to rush him. 
Uh, God, God, you you can't rush God. You have to trust God. Put that in the chat. Say, I trust God. And so I'm going to trust in God's timing. I'm going to believe that it's going to happen when God says it's going to happen. And I'm going to remain in faith long enough to see what God said. God, Listen, I know that God sees lots of people. Put yourself in God's position for a minute. God sees lots of people come and go. God sees lots of people come and say, Lord, oh, Lord, I'll do anything. Lord, whatever you say, I'll do it. Lord, I thank you. Lord, you know, Lord, I'll do this and Lord, I'll do Lord, I pray in faith. Lord, the, the, God sees all these people do all this stuff, especially in church, do all of that. And these very same people, God is like, okay, cool. But they don't know that I'm not going to do it for 27 weeks. Let's see how long they pray. And man, a few days later, they already gave up. And so, so I am convinced that many people are going to get to heaven only to realize that they missed out on God's best because they were not persistent, that they didn't have perseverance. They didn't add patience to their faith. Hebrews 6 and 12 says that it is through faith and patience that we obtain the promises of God. Galatians 6 and 9 says, let us not become weary in doing what is right for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. There is a season when your harvest will come due. I believe God is looking at people that pray all of this stuff, and then they don't, they don't hang around long enough. They don't keep believing long enough for God to do what he wants to do in their life, for, they, for God to do what they ask. They ask for it, but when it doesn't happen, Especially in today's society, today's society is a microwave society. Everybody wants it now. I want patience and I want it now. And so when it doesn't happen in days or weeks, don't say months and don't even say years. The devil is a lie. Like people don't want to. So, so if, if it doesn't happen in a few days, people forget it. People move on from their prayer life. People just say, well, that's it. Well, I guess that wasn't the will of God and they move on and they're going to get to heaven only to realize that there were a lot of things that was the will of God that they did ask in faith, but they didn't stick around long enough to receive it. Jesus ignored the people, these two guys. Jesus didn't say anything. Jesus was tired. Jesus went into the house and they followed him right into that house. I'm saying you are going to have to have that type of persistence with God. Say amen to that. All right, here's number three. Number three, to receive from God, you must make your request known. I was recently talking to somebody who uh, I'm believing God with this person for something to come to pass. And then this person just shared with me that, that they had not made their request known, that they had not opened up their mouth and, and made it known, said in faith, without a doubt, what they wanted. No, listen, at the, at the end of the day, I want you to understand how faith works. Faith, put this in the chat. Faith is voice activated. Like, like you are going to have to open up your mouth and say what you're believing God for. You are going to have to open up your mouth and ask. You, are, you, you have to ask God for what you're believing him for. You have to ask in faith, without a doubt, without wavering. They said, son of David, have mercy on us and heal us. And they kept asking. And they kept crying out and they kept believing and they followed him into the house and they were not going to give up. And they kept saying it. James four verses two and three says, you don't get what you want because you don't ask God for it. Come on. Now you are going to have to ask, put this in the chat. Say, I ask, listen, if you want something from God and you haven't asked for it, why haven't you asked for it? 
You have to make your petitions known unto God. You have to open up your mouth and ask for it in faith. Well, God already knows. No, 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 no. Matthew 6 and 8 says the Father knows what you need before you ask, but then Jesus went to teach them how to pray. You still need to ask. Just because God knows doesn't mean that you don't have to ask. James said, let me go back to James. You don't get what you want because you don't ask for it. And when you do ask, God doesn't give it to you because you asked in the wrong spirit. You were asking to only satisfy your own selfish desires. So, so God is not going to just give you your selfish desires. But even when you're asking for what he wants, if it's something that you believe is the will of God for your life, but you haven't asked for it, why haven't you asked for it? I'm talking to somebody this morning that needs to open up their mouth and ask. You have to make, put this in the chat. I will make my petition known. You have to make your petition known. You have to call out to God in faith, without a doubt, without wavering. God requires you to ask. God requires you to ask in faith. God requires you to ask without wavering. God requires you to ask in a way that is persistent. God requires you to continue to ask and to believe. God requires you to not give up. God requires you to ask in accordance with his will. These two blind men, they opened up their mouths and they asked for it. They were not going to just sit back. No, no. They believed God and they asked for what they were believing God for. If you want something from God, you are going to have to open up your mouth and ask. Make your petition known. Say amen to that. And then number four, last point for today. And I don't know if I'll come back to this miracle again tomorrow. Whatever the Holy Spirit wants. If he tells me to come back, there's more in here. I could pull out more. I can tell you that. But anyway, last point for today. Sometimes you just need a prayer partner. Say a prayer partner. Put this in the chat. Say, say I, I have a prayer partner. Say you, If you don't have one, you need to go get one. Sometimes you just need a prayer partner. You need somebody to set their faith in agreement with you. You know what I love about this miracle? Two blind men in this text did everything together. They called out to Jesus together. They made their request known unto God together. They followed Jesus into the house together and they got healed together. They got it. They got it. This is one of the only miracles. I might point out a couple others, those the 10 lepers and that kind of thing. But this is one of the only miracles where Jesus healed multiple people with the same condition at the same time. Why? Because these two people were together. They were in faith. They were doing everything together. It wasn't like Jesus dealt with one person and then dealt with the other person separately. It wasn't like Jesus dealt with one person and one person had more faith. Like the 10 lepers, only one came back. When we get to the 10 lepers, I'll deal with that. And so, so there was a difference between the lepers. But no, these two, they were in agreement in everything. They cried out together. They believed God together. They said the same thing together. When Jesus went in the house, they followed him together. When Jesus said, do y'all believe? Watch this. Jesus even asked them, do you believe? Like together. Like, like do, do, you, uh, do you guys both believe? And, yeah, together. And they said, yes, we believe. We believe together. And so Jesus laid hands on both of them together. Come on now. Jesus did everything together. Sometimes you just need a prayer partner. Somebody, sometimes you just need somebody to set their faith in agreement. The Bible says if two people will come together on earth, touching and agreeing. What, listen, what, you can bind whatever's bound in heaven. You can bind it on earth. You can lose whatever's loose in heaven. You can loose it on earth. Come on now. Why? Because two people are coming together. You have a prayer partner. You are setting your faith in agreement. I'm going to pray for you. You're going to pray for me. Together, we're going to get this thing. I love it. They came 
to, the, to Jesus together and they got their healing together and they got their breakthrough together. This reminds me of Paul and Barnabas in the New Testament where the Holy Ghost separated them for the work of the ministry. God, the Holy Ghost separated them to go out on a missionary journey together. And sometimes God will send you out on a joint venture. Sometimes God will send you out together. Sometimes God will knit you with somebody where you guys are praying together, believing together, and doing stuff together. Of course, husband and wife, y'all need to be together. You need a prayer partner. Say amen to that. I am believing God with somebody. I'm not believing God just by myself. I have somebody that will set their faith in agreement with me. I have somebody that will pray with me. And that I have somebody that is going to believe God long enough for God to do what he said he's going to do in my life. And I'm going to believe God for them. And they're going to believe God for me. And we're going to walk this thing out together. Say together. So listen, you were not created to be a lone ranger. There are no lone rangers in the body of Christ. That's enough for today. I told you, I told you this miracle seemed like there was not a lot there, but there's a lot there and I could go back tomorrow. We'll see whatever God says. All right, let's close this message out with a, with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life and, and, and start putting in the chat what you got out of this word already. Speak this out loud. Say this, say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. As I study the miracles of Jesus, my faith is increased. I come to you daily, Father, in the name of Jesus. I acknowledge that Jesus was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He suffered, bled, died, and rose from the dead from the remission of my sins. I know who Jesus was, and I acknowledge who Jesus is in my life. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus now gives me access to you, Father. And I come to you in faith, without a doubt, without wavering. And I am persistent in my faith. I will never give up. I believe you favor me today. You make crooked paths straight. You give me preferential treatment. You open doors that no man can close. You close doors that no man can open. So I make my requests known to you daily. I pray in faith. I pray in agreement with heaven. And I also pray in agreement with my prayer partners. Living this way, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages and you want my notes, you get my notes for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. Do me a favor. Leave me two things. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. I like to read those comments. And then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. We are the just, and we live by faith. I hope that you're enjoying this series on the miracles. I'm telling you, man, we're just going to go miracle after miracle after miracle, and your faith is going to be built up and edified and encouraged. I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing day. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. 
If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, we have several books and products on rickpina.co. These are products designed to help you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have apparel there that will help you represent the grace life. Thank you so much for being a blessing to us. And we pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you. 